This message comes to you from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon, where we are committed to living like Jesus and sharing His love. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. Well, this morning, we are going to uh, start a new series, and it's called Our Story. And we're going to take some time to just talk about who we are, where we've been, and where we're going. You know, and as we just stop about that announcement, and we just think about just the, the significance of this particular day, this moment, I realize that, um, that God has been doing something very significant in this church for 65 years. And I just stop and I just reflect upon that. I'm reminded of the fact that this church started long before, long before I was born. 65 years ago, we have Brother Dick in the, in the congregation right now. 65 years ago, Ginger's still here. I see some of the original members that are still a part of our church. They remember the starting of this particular church 65 years ago. And so I'm reminded that this thing is much bigger than me. It's much bigger than Pastor Frank. It's actually much bigger than Dick because God had it in mind at the beginning of time. But I'm also reminded of those that have gone before us that have dedicated their lives and have sacrificed and have given their money and their time and their energy. And there's people on all the campuses. I think of Joe Sargent over at Mill Plain. And I, I think of Larry and Carolyn Wade who are here today and the people that are downtown, uh, like the uh, Malmans that are downtown, Dan and Lynette. And I think about all the people over at 217 and the Goddards. And the church is filled with people for decades. Ethel Gwennett, I love you. She's here. She's been here for decades. People that have sacrificed their life before you and I even got here. And here's the real kicker. I'm reminded of the fact that I'm just a normal person, just like you, that's been asked to be a part of a story that's much bigger than any one of us. And so as we jump into this particular series over the next six weeks in this significant fall together, I want to talk about our story. I want to talk about the story of City Bible Church. We want to talk about not just what God is doing, but we want to talk about what God has done. We don't want to forget the memories, the landmarks, the significant moments, the miracles where God showed up and spoke to us at significant moments to guide and to direct us, to make sure that we would ultimately become all that he desires us to become. So I wanna inspire you with some of these stories, but more importantly, I want you to see your part in the story. I want every one of you to see on every campus, those that are online, I want you to see that you are here by divine design. That you're just not an attender, you just didn't wake up one morning and go, well, let's just go check out City Bible Church. Your steps were ordered by the Lord. And you're here by God's design to be a part of a significant story that he's been writing all along in our lives as well as your lives. So we want to talk about that story this morning. And if you get one big thought during this next six weeks together, and you'll see it on the screen right here, and I want you to read this with me, please. Every single person, every campus, 
Those that are watching online, even if you're in your car, you're sitting at home in your office, I want you to read this with me as a self-proclamation of what God thinks about you in this story. Would you read this with me from the top? Come on. I am an integral part of the unfolding story that a church God is using in astounding ways. Can we do it one more time a little bit louder? Come on, let's do it one more time. Come on. I am an integral part of the unfolding story about a church that God uses in astounding ways. That's what God thinks about you and what God thinks about me. I want to look this morning at a portion of Scripture. It's a Scripture that we find in Psalm 78. It's one of the greatest Psalms in the Bible. It's actually written by a guy named Asaph. And Asaph is proclaiming some thoughts and some some miracles and some landmarks and some foundation stones that have happened all the way back from Moses to the time of David. And so these hundreds of years, he's wanting to journal every single one of them and write them down so that the people that he would be speaking to would not forget all that God has done. And as we look at this portion of scripture this morning, we realize that what what Asaph was trying to say to the children of Israel is don't forget the story. Don't forget the ancient landmarks. Don't forget what I've spoken to you. Don't forget the way that I have directed you. Don't get so busy and caught up in the trends and the fads of now that you forget all that God has done and all that he's been to us. And I want to apply this to us today as we launch this new series. But as you take a look at this uh, particular portion of scripture, I'm going to look at the first seven verses. The remainder of the chapter really deals a lot with Israel's mistakes, where they forgot to look at what God was saying. I want to be a church for the first seven verses, not the remainder of the chapter. And so as we look at this, again, if you open up your Bibles, it will be on the screen as well. I want to read these seven verses to you this morning. It says, oh, my people, listen to my cry or to my instructions and open your ears to what I'm saying. He starts by saying this, stop, pause, get the noise out of your brain and mind and just lean forward. Listen, I'm about to tell you something that is significant toward your destiny. He says, for I will speak to you in a parable. I'll teach you hidden lessons from our past. He says, I'm going to go back and I'm going to tell you some things that God did that are pretty important to the way you live now. So you better understand who we are and why we do what we do and where we're going and why we're going where we're going. He says, I'm going I'm to dive back into some history and I'm going to pull them and I'm going to let you see a little bit about our past. And he uses the word stories multiple times. That's why we've called this series our story. He says, stories we have heard and known. Stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths 
from our children, we will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. He's saying, we're not gonna forget those things. In fact, we're gonna pull them out and we wanna stop and pause and we want them to be cast down to the next generation so that they can continue to tell the stories of all the amazing things that God has done. What an appropriate scripture For right now, as we transition this church together as a family, we're stopping in this strategic moment not to talk about all the cute, fun ideas. We're gonna stop and say, let's not forget what God has been doing all along. And he goes on and he says, for he issued his laws to Jacob, he gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to the children. Now listen how it goes. He says, so that the next generation might know them. Maybe you're here for months or perhaps a year and you just are wondering what City Bible Church is all about. This series is really for you. We're wanting to pass these things on to you. It says, even the children not yet born, and that they will in turn teach their own children. In other words, Brother Dick wanted to pass this on to Pastor Frank and his generation that's passing it on to me, that's passing it on to you, and you're gonna pass it on even to those that are not yet born. In other words, the story needs to remain. It needs to be alive. It needs to continue in the hearts of the people that God has called to build this thing called our story. So each generation, that's you, Set its hope anew on God, not forgetting the glorious miracles and obeying his commands. This is what God is saying to us as a church in this significant time. Go back, stop, pause. Before you take another step into another chapter, Make sure that you pull all of the things that I have done into what I'm going to continue to do. Do not forget, live it, celebrate it, preach it, teach it, embrace it. In every one of our hearts, we the church have to take these things and apply them in our lives, in our hearts, that we carry forward all that God has been doing all along. And that's the whole point of this particular series. And if we really go back to the very beginning, 1951, when it all started, there was one foundation truth that was actually the seed, the original seed, the launching pad to everything that we know today as City Bible Church, and it would be this one truth, a love for all people. From the very core, from the very beginning where it all started was this one thought. God had a love for all people. And I want to pray this morning for every person, every campus, whether you're here one week or whether you've been here 65 years, that God would come and touch your heart afresh with the beginning seed that God had intended for us to live out all along. So Father, this morning we stop and we pause. God, we celebrate the rich history and the heritage of City Bible Church. God, we're grateful that you have called us to be a part of this family that is known all over the world. 
And just as Asaph said, Lord, we open up our ears. We're listening to what you're saying to us that we might not forget all of the glorious and wonderful miracles that you have been doing all along in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on. I remember growing up with uh, one of my favorite people in the whole world, and that was my grandma. We called her Nana. I remember going over to her house as a young kid, and we would wake up in the morning, and typical to our Italian and German roots, we'd sit down at the breakfast table, and breakfast would simply be hard salami and burnt toast. <laughs> you ever come over to my house and wonder why I like to burn everything if you've ever been at a restaurant with me? It's just because I like things crunchy and black. And so I learned that from my grandmother, and we'd just have this hard salami, and we'd have this burnt toast, and We'd finish eating, and all of a sudden, she'd make her way over to her chair. Now, I always remember this, this sound that she used to make. She used to always go. I always wonder what that was. I asked my mom finally one time. She says, well, she's trying to get the salami out of her teeth. You know, she's like. <laughs> but, but as she sat there and she sat down, she would spend literally hundreds of hours making needlepoints. And she would sit down in her chair and she would put on this necklace with this large magnifying glass and she would begin doing this needlepoint, which is literally one thread per hole. It's not like petty point where it's four threads per hole. It's, it's one thread per hole. And she would spend hundreds of hundreds of hours, if not years, just on one particular needlepoint. And I remember we would get rambunctious and she'd pick her head up and she'd look through the magnifying glass with her eyes and her eyes were like this big. It was like, E.T., phone home. I mean, and you just realized, I mean, she was like scary. I mean, her eyes were this big and you just knew when she wanted you to settle down, she'd pull that up and just like, ah, okay, we'll settle down. And she'd go back. <laughs> and she would make these beautiful needlepoints. This is actually one of her works right here. I actually told my mom what I wanted to do and told her to put it in, in the mail and send it to me for this morning. This one took her literally years. But when you think about it, it didn't start that way. It really started with a simple piece of cloth that looked something like this. And it was an image that was opaque in nature was put on a piece of cloth. And she would then start with a little loom, and she would begin to take threads, and she would begin to make these beautiful images. This is one that she was working on just before she died that she wasn't able to finish. And I take a look at these particular images, and I'm, I'm reminded of what God has been doing with you and me. He's been writing a story. We might look at ourselves as individuals that just happen to walk through the door and sit in the corner of a building and simply attend. But the way God sees it, he looks down upon humanity and he sees this picture. And what he's been doing all along is he's been taking you and me, individual pieces of thread, and he's been weaving them into a story. He's making sure that every single one of you matter, every thread matters, and that it's woven into the fabric of a bigger story called City Bible Church. 
And that's exactly what I want to talk about today. I want to go back and just talk a little bit about this thing called story so that you have a a broader context of your life and really your purpose and your destiny. And in order to do that, we need to go back way to the beginning and realize that God from the very beginning has been writing a story. From the beginning of time, when you look at Genesis 1-1, I wished it said, once upon a time, but it really says, in the beginning, God created. And it's ironic as he started to create, as he looked down upon this, this idea of creating a place for people that he loved. He started off and he reached in and he pulled out the stars in the sky and he began to think about, okay, I need some plants and I need some, I need some dirt and I need some ocean and I need some fish and I need a, a turkey or whatever else we're going to eat. And he, he began to take all these things and he put them all together and he began to weave them into the fabric of this thing called creation. And he set it all up before he would even create us. Think about those of you that have had children right before your child comes, how you set up your room and it's all decorated so cute and you've got all the wallpaper and the little fuzzy animal in the corner in the crib and you're so excited. You try to get everything absolutely perfect so that when the child comes, everything's in place. And it's exactly what God did. He created everything, got it all in place. He's going, oh, I'm so excited. There's no, this this is kind of a means to an end. I did that. And then it says, in Genesis 1.26, it says, then God said, let us create man in our image and do our likeness. He wanted to make sure that you knew you had nothing to do with it. He wanted to make sure that everything was in place so that finally when he took out your piece of thread and he reached down and he looked at you or looked at humanity that he says, now I can take this needle, you, your life, and I can begin to weave you into this thing called my story, God's story. And he did that because he wanted relationship with you. The reason he created you is because his nature is love. He wanted to love you. He wanted to have a personal relationship with you. Not just that, but he wanted you to lead and to rule and to take care of all of his resources. He says, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to create you and I'm going to allow you to be the ones that weave my story. And I'm going to give you a purpose, and I'm going to give you a plan, and I'm going to place you in a certain place and allow you to be born in a certain year, and I'm going to put you around groups of people. Listen, God has been working a very long time, even before you were born, to put you together by divine design in a specific place that you might be woven into his larger thing called God's story. Let us not forget that in the midst of our 21st century busyness where we live in the spirit of now. We think that life is all about us and the church is all about what it gives to me, not what I give to it. We, we have these, these cultural mindsets that begin to skew, actually, what God has been doing all along with you, with me, and with this church, which is a part of his big story. But the second part that you begin to see, and as you look at this particular thing about his part, I want you to look at this scripture in Ephesians 1, 4, and 5. 
It says this, even before he made the world, God loved us and he chose us in Christ to be holy and fault, or excuse me, without fault in his eyes. Before the foundations of the world, he chose you. He chose me. He chose, he uses the word us, family, us together. He chose us to be a part of this thing called his church. And God designed or decided in advance to adopt us into his own family. So not only is God writing a story, but from the very beginning of time, if we were to look at specific threads, we find that he decided to take all of us and put us together in Portland, Vancouver area. And he says, now you're going to be my people and I want you to do life together. I'm weaving you together to be a part of a family. And every single one of you are threads that are not intended to just be out there alone, but you're meant to be interwoven with this thing called the church. It's so important to understand from the beginning of time. You even go back to the Old Testament, you see symbolic examples, even as Noah's ark unfolded, you see the picture of the church. Christ being the door, people coming on, being protected and provided for. From the very beginning, God had a church in mind. His will, his perfect will, his eternal purpose is the church. You were created to be a part of his body. Christians today say, well, you know, I love God, but I, you know, I really don't need church. It's just like your theology's wrong. It's, it's like a nose off the body. You can't do that. The nose doesn't last very long off the body. You were in, intended to be a part of a thing called the body of Christ. Christ the head, we're the body, we're the church doing life together. It's been part of his story all along. It's part of our story, City Bible Church. But here's the kicker, and I want you to get this. You're a part of his story. Whoever you are, whatever you're thinking on any campus online, God created you to be woven into the fabric of his story because you're significant. You have gifts, you have talents, you have abilities. God wants to use you in amazing ways. Listen to what it says in Jeremiah 1.5. It says, I knew you and I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were even born, I set you apart and I appointed you. Before you were born, he pulled out a thread and he began to fashion and form it and he began to look at ways that he might create you to fit in a specific part of a story somewhere. Another scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans that I have for you. This is God speaking. They are plans for good and not disaster to give you a future and a hope. Psalm 139, 13 through 18. This is David talking to God. He says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and you've knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for I'm so wonderfully made. He's going, man, I am awesome. He's just going, look at this, Wow. Every day of my life, this is what David's saying, every day of my life was recorded in your book, meaning every day what we thought we were doing on our own was God sitting down going. 
He's weaving you into a story. You wonder why you land the way that you land and what goes on in your world and your life. It's because God is doing something. He's at work weaving you into this bigger thing called his story, our story. And so I want to talk about this. And I want to just take a second to just jump back into our history a little bit and talk about our story. And if God indeed has a love for all people, he from the very beginning created us to be in relationship with him. That must be a part of our story. And if we go back to 1951 when this church started, Brother Dick is here this morning, can attest to this. It actually was a revival center, very closely related to a wonderful, wonderful man who has gone home to be with the Lord. His name is T.L. Osborne, a great evangelist in the 20th, 20th century. At that time, Brother Dick's father was the, the pastor of this small group of people. And as Brother Dick was traveling all over the world doing um, evangelism crusades, especially up in Ireland where he would still be known to this day, Brother Dick's father would have a heart attack. Brother Dick would come and start working with this group. But when he came back, you need to understand this. The seed that was in the starting of the church was a heart for the world. You've got to know that T.L. Osborne and his passion and a love for all people is what was being imparted in the conception of this church. His brother Dick was traveling all over the world and preaching to different people and stuff. He came back to take this with a even though it was just a small group of people at that time, 13 people, he saw the world. He had a love for all people. In the 60s, we would get very involved in missions due to our relationships with Church of Glad Tidings up in Vancouver. The 70s, we started planning churches. In the 80s, we started thinking about our city. 90s, Pastor Frank would come back and we'd be doing multi-site. From the very beginning, the whole way through our journey, it started with the love for people, it continued with the love for people, and on my watch as we move forward, we will continue to be a church that has a love for all people people, period. I want to read to you this, this statement. It's actually a word that was spoken, excuse me, spoken over this church. It was a prophetic word. What I mean by that is simply a divine revelation from God given to a man to speak to a people, prophetic word. This was back in 1996 through a man named Danny Bonilla that was spoken over this church talking about a love for all people. I want to read this to you because I find it to be quite profound for where we're living today. Here's the word. It says, passion. There is a great passion coming to this house. There's a fire that's going to burn in this house. There's a fire coming to feed the hungry to get the lost. There's a greater passion than you've ever known that's coming to this house in the days to come. It's going to start burning from the youngest to the oldest. Hopefully you're in between. He says it's a passion that will not cease from the Lord. You've seen from every tribe and every nation coming to this house, but there's going to be such an increase. 
It's not going to just be students that are coming. It's going to be all people, for I have a love for all people. This place is going to get filled once, twice, three times with people. For even as faith shall continue to increase in that day, you will even say seven times, Lord. I thought maybe someone would cheer right there. I thought that's pretty good. Come on. There is a burden to see the harvest come. And I've put it deep in your heart that this house will multiply, that this house will grow, for I am preparing this house for another wave of souls. Let it be, Lord. Seven times, Lord. Let every campus... More campuses, more services, God, come into our loins simply because we love all people. There shouldn't be anybody in the Portland, Vancouver area that don't have the opportunity to hear about the love of Jesus just like you did and just like I did. Come on, lost people matter to God, they should matter to us. It's why our vision statement is, is that we are going to build a thriving church that impacts all people. I'm glad it impacted you, but I want it to impact a whole lot more. This is really what our story is about. It's about people. It's about loving people. It's about helping people. It's about inspiring us, not just me getting up and talking or any of the campus pastors trying to feed you so that you feel full. It's to prepare you to be able to have the gene in you to go love people, to serve people, to reach out to people, to help people, to live beyond yourself, that we realize that Christianity isn't just some kind of love boat. It's a battleship and that where it's, this isn't a hospital for hypocrites. This is a headquarter for heroes where we begin to power and strengthen and impart to people where you go, I'm ready to go out. I've been equipped and I've been filled and I've been inspired and now I want to go do something great. I want to impact my neighborhood and I want to impact my marketplace and I want to impact my schools and I want to do something. I don't want to just sit back and do nothing. So you wonder why we talk a lot about, for instance, feeding the homeless, which we'll talk about in a second. You know why we do that? It's because homeless people matter. When we talk about helping all the foster children and working with foster parent night out and everything, the 4,000 kids in Portland that don't have a place called home, we do that because foster kids matter. Wonder what we're doing with sex trafficking and working with Sexual Assault Resource Center and all that they do. The reason we do that and we throw money to the dozens of ladies that we help every year is because I want to let you know is that sex trafficking victims matter to God. And what we're doing down at the schools, I think of what's happening at Lincoln High School right now and over at Evergreen and Mill Plain and down at Madison and all the money and the investment in the youth ministry is because teens matter to God. With our men's conferences and women's conferences and marriage conferences and our now young adult conference, we do those things. Why? Because marriages matter to God and we believe that women matter to God and we believe that men matter to God. We start doing stuff this week as we've talked to people from different campuses to try to be more culturally sensitive and less of a truly white church and try to understand how we can be a church to all people because all colors matter to God. We're talking about what to do with the homosexual community that's around them, not to scorn them, but to bring them to Jesus. Why? Because gay people matter to God. 
what we're doing with our children's ministries. They, they matter to God, our Portland Bible College, and all that we're doing there is because young people to be trained to go out to the world, they matter to God. We do all of this stuff. It's not just to build an island unto ourselves. It's to let a world know. Come on, to let a world know that there's a God that loves them, that this really is all about people. That's our story, exclamation point. That's who we want to be. And I wanna just bring up a, a group of people this morning that are just a, a small representation of what's happening at City Bible Church. As I told you, we, every month, we give away about 20,000 pounds of food away to people that don't have a meal to eat. It didn't start with me. It didn't start with anybody in the office. It started with a group of people that realized they were part of a story. They got what I'm talking about. They said, you know, I, I want to do something to help people in need. So they put together a connect group. Today's connect group Sunday. And again, we just don't sit around and eat Twinkies and read the Bible, although you should read the Bible, maybe eat a couple Twinkies. <laughs> Here's a group of people that said, you know what? I get the story. We're going to be a people. We're going to be known as a church that love everyone. And they currently right now spend about literally all week gathering food to give away 20,000 pounds, 10 tons of food to people in our city and just let them know we love you. You're part of our story. David and Vicki, would you come forward first? These are some amazing leaders. They're the ones that would run our Caleb crew, which is our 55 and plus group here at City Bible Church at the Rocky Butte campus. First of all, before I go any further, I'm humbled by your heart. I'm so thankful you're a part of this house and that I could just call you friend. I could call you fellow servant and want to thank you so much for being who we want to be as a family. But Dave, David, I mean, help, help us understand. I mean, what happened? I mean, when you think about this story and where did it all start? What happened in your heart? What made you think about moving from a thread to be woven into the story of City Bible? What, what, what went on? How did it all begin for you? Vicki and I have been going here about four years. And uh, so we've gone through the belong and everything. And it happened through a couple of emails come through the uh, office to us. And it, they asked if we would respond. So we said, sure, we called. And it was a couple of places in town that uh, needed food. And one of these places, when we got there, the food, the freezer had gone down the day before. And if we hadn't taken food to them, they wouldn't have had anything to eat that day. And uh, so it all birthed from Acts chapter 27, when Paul said there was, uh, that he brought hope to people. He was bringing hope to those that were with him and hope Hope means to anticipate with expectancy. And so God gave us this acrostic. It said, hope, helping other people expect. See, so he, awesome. he asked us to 
put a group together. You've got people from all over town here and, and communities and facilities all over, all over Portland and almost to Gresham represented up here today that want to help other people expect. That's awesome. Do you put your hands together for this amazing couple? Vicki. I'm, I'm just beginning to understand the amazing part of our story. God had this in mind. I, and this is what's so beautiful about our story. So many things happen that we have, as a leadership don't even know. That's the beauty of this whole thing. Tell us just about some of the people, maybe introduce some of them as yes. a result of what you've done, how okay. this church has impacted their lives. And yes. just maybe point a couple of them out and I'll have them come okay. up. Um, Adam and Joey and their son Noah lead Hope Street now, which is um, people on the, on the streets, homeless on the streets, and, and they take food. And that was birthed out of Live Love Christmas last year That's awesome. when the 7-Elevens asked us if we would continue to pick up the sandwiches and give to the homeless. That's awesome. And so then Will and Cheryl, we passed Come it to on. them, and they passed it to Adam and Jolie, and they serve there. Adam, I mean, uh, Michael Tabers has, he's on the end down here. Wave, Michael. Michael, come over here. And, come on, I want people to see you. Yeah. He has Super Servant Saturday. A week before yesterday, they served 400 homeless in the homeless camps. And this is part of the resources are going to their ministries. Do me, do me a favor before we go any further. Because, man, I had, a, I had a conversation with you between the services and you broke my heart. Just talk about what happened personally. In, forget just what we're doing. What happened in you as you begin to have this love for all people and you begin to see this? Well, first off, I think it's important that sometimes we hear a message from a pastor and we think it's just a message. But I'm a living manifestation yeah. of the fact that in my life, I would not be alive today if God. Yeah, come on. If God had not kept sending people yeah. into my life, he didn't just send black people. He didn't just send Hispanic. He didn't just spend. He sent all types of people. Yeah, come on. And those people, I'm crying now. But I used to cry because I was hopeless and I was desperate and, and, I, and, and I was dying and trying desperately to kill myself. That's so awesome. Thank and you so, so much for sharing that. I have tears of joy That's because awesome. God sent people. Well, put your hands together for this great guy. It's so awesome. I know there's another story too. Why don't you, why don't you just show? Come on up here. Come on. There are many stories. This is Eileen. I cannot pronounce her last name. I call her Aguilar, but that's not it. What is it? It's Aguilar, you're correct. It is? Okay. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> she is the Sunday resident counselor at the Royal Palm. And this was the first call that came into the office for 50 people on Sunday who their funding got cut and they don't have any meals <sighs> for over a year. And so David and I were the first team and we cooked the meal and Jackson helped us take it. But what was cool, they needed a little refrigerator. So we found that. And in that find, this lady gave us a whole van load of sleeping bags yeah. and all kinds of things that they needed. And so we took that down. But anyway, I want you to just say a little something. I just can't. Um, there's no words to express. Looking at the faces of these homeless folks who deserve something to eat just like all of us. Yeah. And they were without hope. They had no hope. There was no hope at the Palm. And um, when I got the email from Vicki and Dave, it was just like, what? She actually got my email. <laughs> and it's been a year. 
or over a year now, but they were able to provide this ongoing food group for the homeless transitional assistance, which we offer. And just to see them know that there is hope and that there is God, yeah. because when, we serve, when I serve this food to them, I let them know where it's coming from. Yeah. It's coming from God. And to give that back to them is something beautiful. That's and awesome. we couldn't have done it without this help. That's awesome. So thank you so much. Now put your hands together. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. Now, I just, I just want to say on behalf of us as a family, this is our part of our story, thank you for stopping your life and investing your time and your energy and your heart in reaching people. You're part of our story. One more time as they leave the stage. Thank you so much. I sure love you guys. Wow. I love stories like that because they're part of our story. I'm so proud of our church. As we take a look at all the things that we're doing. And here's the challenges we close today. Everybody just please, every, camp, every campus, every person, just, just right here. Can I challenge you? Be a part of our story. Be a part. Wherever you're at, just, just make another step. Whether you've been here 50 years or 50 minutes, make that step. Just go, I'm all in. I want to be a part of what God's doing. I'm, I'm part of the fabric that's being woven into City Bible Church. I'm just not a strand. I'm not just a thread. I'm a part of what God is doing. God, weave me in to be a part. Meaning, if you've never given your life to Christ, just simply say, you know what? Today's my start. I'm going to start putting my thread into his story. If you haven't been water baptized, be water baptized. If you haven't gone through belong, get to know us. Be, this is who we are. This is what we're about. Get into our story. Jump into a group today as we celebrate connect groups on all the campuses. Find a group just like this. You're probably going to have 100 people in their group today, but there's groups like that that are doing everything. It's just so amazing. Be a part. Stop the American dream because it doesn't work anyways. And do the kingdom dream. Come on. Do live life beyond yourself. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And I just want you to ask yourself this one question. Is there something that I personally can do to take another step into God's story at City Bible Church? It means something different to every single one of you. But if you're here today and you feel a tug in your heart, maybe again, you need to get into a group or lead a group. Maybe you need to take belong, get water baptized. Maybe you need to start tithing or giving to support all that we're doing, whatever it is. Would you do me a favor? Just as you sit there, just lift your hand as an acknowledgement to him. I'm not gonna ask you to come forward. Just every campus say, today's my day. I'm taking another step in the story. Come on, hands all over the place. Every campus, I'm sure there's hands everywhere. Lord, we just stop and we pause and we pray for our family today. Lord, we're thankful for the story 
Lord, that started 65 years ago. We're forever grateful that you've allowed us to be a part. And Lord, with all of these hands raised on every campus, God, I pray, God, you show them what you have in store for them, that the plans that you have for them are good and not evil. And Lord, that they would accomplish great things being a part of this story. God, we look forward to the days to come. God, we know you're going to use us to touch thousands and thousands of people. God, even let that prophetic word burn in our hearts. God, we would pray and we would cry out, fill our places one, two, three, seven times, Lord. Come on, bring people that need you, just like Michael that we just heard about and Rachel and other people. God, come on today. God, you just move. We ask these things. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen, amen, amen.